0: The catch by Mars with the pitch. Hold on and hit the right
1: field. Way back there. Way back there. Hold on. Tigers win. Tigers win. For the Tigers. It's a two-run homer. I don't believe it. It gets away. Right side. The jackhammer on his way in. He's safe at the plate. Throw back. The Sheffler gets away towards the dugout. Here comes Bianco. Tigers win. Tigers win. Tigers win. Tigers win.
0: All right, welcome back to another edition of Tigers Win. Cody Warsham happy to be joined by LSU tennis legend Neil Skupsky. Neil, thanks for uh, stopping by. I know you're uh, you're a man that's well traveled and busy these days. Uh, number two player in the in the world in the doubles rankings, number one last year. So I know you're busy. Really appreciate your time today.
1: No, no, thanks for having me on. Uh, always nice to come back to Baton Rouge, um, see the see the facilities, and obviously uh, get a bit of training in with the, with the team. Let's, uh, let's start there. Let's start about how you got to
0: Baton Rouge in mm-hmm. the first place. I know your brother was another LSU tennis legend. Um, maybe uh, I know I've done enough research to know that you came here largely because he was here already. So maybe if you could speak on his behalf and tell us why he came here and then what made you want to follow in his footsteps.
1: Yeah, so a long time ago now, he, uh, he was looking at colleges. Um, he was actually meant to be going to Arkansas. Um so luckily he, he changed <laughs> he his <chose> mind. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um so he was playing in junior Wimbledon, so basically Wimbledon for under eighteens. yep Um and the assistant at uh, at the time at LSU, Mark Boris, who's now the head coach at Tulane, he saw Ken at Wimbledon, um, approached him and he was like, Would you like to come to LSU? And Ken was like, What's that? Like he didn't really know <laughs> much about college yep. college tennis. Um he got uh came on a, a recruiting trip uh, and loved it. He changed his mind. Um, didn't want to go to Arkansas. Wanted to come to Baton Rouge, and then yeah, I uh, kind of followed in his footsteps. Um, he's six and a half years older than me. Um, I didn't really have many options on, like Ken, mm-hmm. um, because when you're growing up, you play tournaments at under eighteen level around the world. I didn't do that. I was more like based in based in England, yep. um, focusing on my academics to make sure I went to college, um, and. Jeff Brown at the time, the head coach, he was the only one that kind of seen me play a couple of times, um, and he kind of took a chance on me, uh, gave me a scholarship, and hopefully I, I repaid him. Um, seemed to go well. Um, really enjoyed my time here, and yeah, it's gone. It was. It's been a, a great um, stepping stone to before going to the pros, um, coming to Baton Rouge and um, being an LSU Tiger. Because I mean, the facilities here compared to in the UK are incredible. Yeah. Uh, you. you you get treated so well. You get treated like a professional. Um, and it was just the the perfect stepping stone for me to go to the pros.
0: I want to talk about that, that college experience in a second, but before we go there, I kind of want to go back, um, to your childhood and I was doing some research for this and I, I believe maybe you grew up like right by a, a tennis club, maybe yeah. in your backyard or something. Yeah. So, and I think maybe your parents were really involved there. So was tennis sort of of predestined for you i know you probably played some other sports mm-hmm. um probably football if you grew up in liverpool um, but what were you know what was sort of your path into tennis was it sort of there for you and you, you sort of uh, took a
1: liking to it early yeah i didn't have much of a choice <laughs> uh so yeah so my house in liverpool my parents house at backs has a garden and has a, like a, a gate and mm-hmm. then we have six tennis courts in the back nice the back of that so obviously my brother was playing he was uh, i started when i was three so he was about nine or 10 um, when I started playing. And it, yeah, it was just watching him play. Um, and then I kind of got, got the knack of it. Um, playing with him, he, obviously, when you're playing with someone better than you, you're always going to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a, a massive influence on my tennis growing up. Uh, my dad also played a little bit, um, but he was a, a semi professional soccer player, okay. uh, football player. Yeah. Uh, he you was can a, say football in this podcast. Yeah. He, was, he was a goalkeeper um, for Aston Villa. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, he, he did that for a little bit. Then he um, he had a bad injury. He broke his arm. Then he had to stop, and he retired from from that. Yep. Um, so we, we had sports always in our blood. Um, so that was it was always nice to kind of play a little bit of tennis, uh, not too serious um, when I was younger. And then it kind of gradually got more and more intensive when I was uh, probably in my teens. Uh, but I didn't really take tennis too seriously until... I got to college um, and then seeing my brother on the tour as a professional doing so well, um, that kind of gave me a little bit of a, um, a kick up the, the backside yeah, to kind of yeah. to see I, I could actually do this myself. Yeah. Um, and someone like uh, Jeff Brown and Danny Danny Bryan, they were my coaches. And Jeff had been a professional in the past. He had been, I think, 40-ish in the world in doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always said to me that you can, be, you can be top five, top ten in the world. But I, I never believed it. Um, so the more and more I played, got better in college. And then around my, my senior year, it was, it kind of all clicked and, um, I was a three time All-American and then I, I finished college and it was more like, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, my brother was, he was top hundred at the time on the professional circuit and he was looking for a doubles partner. Um, and it was just basically easy process for me to kind of step into them shoes and Play with him, and here we are today, and it's it's gone so well, and it's I've got a lot to thank uh, the LSU coaches for that. So you mentioned that Coach Brown
0: told you you could be top five, top ten in the world. What what, <laughs> did, what did what did they see in you that you didn't see in yourself at the time?
1: I honestly don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's just um, I guess just Jeff had seen the level where mm-hmm. people um, need to be to mm-hmm. be a very top um, top professional. Um, I guess not knowing that level, myself being quite um, raw and not knowing the game, um, but until you see it, it's not that far away. Um, hmm. And also the more and more I got to see Ken doing well on the tour, it made things a lot easier for me to kind of process like, cause you look on the TV and you're like, these guys are unbelievable, how can I get to that level? Mm-hmm. Um, until you, you get thrown to, on the same court as them to come up against them, then you can start to see that they're not as good as you think. They are, they're not immortal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the more experiences that you get at that level, um, the easier it gets in all different scenarios or like playing um, your first LSU match, you're very nervous going onto the court. Mm-hmm. And when you're in your senior year, it's just another match. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's the same in the pros. Until you experience them situations, you're always going to be nervous going into them. Like I was in my first Grand Slam final last year at the US Open. I was pretty nervous going into that event. Um, but now if I go into the same um, thing this year, the same final this year, I'm gonna be, I'll have more experience. I'm not gonna be as nervous. Um, and hopefully uh, I can win this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no question. And uh, it's almost like if someone can show you the path, that's step one, right? Show me the path, show me how to get there. Then you go down that path yourself and then you sort of get the experience. And then the next time you're, you're ready for it. I wanna go back to your decision to go to college, but your brother's as well. Um, you mentioned that, it wasn't really something he was playing more of the the under 18 circuit yep. I guess and then you were more, as you came up you were more academically focused was that because he went to college did mm-hmm. sort of him going to college maybe shift the way that your family thought about it because I know it's it's different in England and um where maybe college isn't the goal necessarily mm-hmm. when you start playing or when you start excelling but once that he saw the you know not only the possibility of it but the benefits of it yeah. did that sort of change your path as well
1: yeah, I think so. I think um, I think my brother was kind of the, the guinea pig uh, of how to do, uh, how to play tennis. Um, so yeah, my family, they saw obviously my brother go to college um, and see how well he was doing, but also getting the education mm-hmm. to fall back on if things didn't go well. Um, so the, the main thing for me was in, when I was around 16, 17 was to make sure I got the grades to go to college rather than focusing on tennis and then if tennis doesn't work out i've got nothing Um, so they were kind of always pushing me to get the right um education the right the the correct grades um to get into lsu to be eligible so that's what we did um and it paid off i mean i mean it's ken struggled with his education at first he wasn't eligible for the first year Mm -hmm. uh, because they didn't he didn't have, he didn't, have, I think, didn't have geography yeah. or something. So he had to go back actually for a year. So he was, I think he was 19 and he had to go back to this school where we, like high school, mm-hmm. and sit in with 16 year olds wow. for one year just to yeah. get his, his geography. Proper credits or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we didn't mess up with me. Um, <laughs> I got the correct credits and um, yeah, tennis is, tennis was a, um, obviously the the main thing eventually, but getting the, the education, um, first was that the main goal well
0: there's pros and cons to it because he got to be older in college so he probably i mean you hit the ground running i think you were the first freshman all-american mm-hmm. um, that lsu tennis had but he got to be older in college and maybe be a little more physically advanced where maybe you were more of a, a late bloomer although if you hit the ground running like that i don't know if you'd be qualified as a, as a late <laughs> bloomer necessarily but yeah but for him to you know he, he obviously had the year to prep you were thrown right into it i mean how, mm-hmm. how different was that for you
1: yeah i mean it was quite difficult because I, ca- I came in, um, also my brother, he came in and started playing number one very early. Mm-hmm. Um, I had kind of, the first year I played like three or four in the lineup, which kind of kind of helped me to kind of settle. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I eventually, later on, I played number two behind Michael Venus, um, who's on the tour at these, yep. he's, I think he's like top 10 in the world in doubles. Yep. Um, we actually played doubles my freshman year together. Um, How'd y'all do yeah, we did pretty well. Uh, we got to number two in the country. Yeah, um, we we had a few fallen outs along the way, but because sure. uh, he was a senior, I was a freshman. He was telling me what to do, um, <laughs> but it's all good. We're we're good friends yeah. uh, on the tour now. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good ride. Um, there's a lot of obviously tigers that I keep in touch with uh, on the road. Yeah, obviously my brother. He travels with me now as my uh, my full time coach. Okay, which is obviously nice. That's great. Someone to kind of when you when you employ a coach you want to have faith in what what they're saying is actually true yeah um and obviously with my brother i obviously respect what he's done and being my brother we can get over arguments very quickly um sure. but if you if you bring a coach in that you don't really know and do you do you get to do you trust them straight away mm-hmm. or do you kind of feel them out a little bit um but it is nice to kind of travel with him and um yeah, it's our it's our first year traveling together. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be a few arguments along the way, but <laughs> it's uh, it's gone well so far. So you, you mentioned him as a coach, but I, I want to get back to your college career and maybe
0: some of the benefits of playing in college. But we'll get back to that. But while we're talking about it, you mentioned him as a coach, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about this as you know more of a, a doubles thing. And I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but for people who are listening that maybe aren't you know big tennis fans or maybe they're casual tennis fans you know, doubles tennis to me is so interesting because it's about finding that partner and that can, it can shift. I mean, I know you, Mm. um, you and your brother played for a long time together, but there's also the world of mixed doubles where you're maybe switching partners. There's also, you know, probably cases where you're struggling last minute, maybe your partner's hurt or, um, and you got to find someone last minute. So what is, you know, I think we, a lot of us think of tennis primarily through the singles lens, but doubles, what is the key to finding, you know, not only a a working partner that you can play for multiple years with, but finding that person that hey, maybe it's just a few tournaments here and there. Um, how much tax is that put on you mentally, psychologically, to be not only you know? It, I think the difference is in singles, you're just taking care of yourself, but when mm-hmm. it comes to doubles, you've got to manage yourself and you've got to manage someone else. So, what are, what are the challenges that you face in your career on that front, and what's helped you navigate that?
1: Yeah, I mean, for first first of all, I was. I was lucky enough to have a brother that played tennis. Uh, we played together for six years. I didn't have to worry about finding partners yeah. like other people do. Um, someone like some people, like Mike, Mike Venus, he doesn't have a brother who can who plays tennis, so he would he would have to kind of change nearly most weeks to find mm. a, a partner. Um, but with with the doubles, you you enter tournaments with your combined ranking. So my ranking at the moment is two. Say I played with a guy. Say I played with Mike Venus. He's maybe 15, so our combined ranking is 17. With that ranking, we'd normally get into we get into nearly every event we wanted to play. But yeah. when you're a little bit lower down, if you're, say, when I was playing with my brother, I was about 55 and he was about 60, that combined is 115, if that makes it right. <laughs> <laughs> that um, LSU math education yeah. paying off. <laughs> um, yeah, so there would be some tournaments that we wouldn't get in together. So then, then people would start looking for partners a bit higher ranked, just because of the number next to the name just to get into the event. Yep. Um, but I never had that situation. So I was pretty lucky with that. Um, and then it doesn't always work out with partners. Like I played with, um, after my brother, I played with a guy called Jamie Murray, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Murray's brother. Yep. Um, we played for 18 months and we we did pretty well. We didn't have the best of the results, but um, eventually it just didn't work out. Yeah. So we decided to move on and I find another partner uh, he played. He played with somebody else, um, and then I started playing with Wesley Koolhoff, uh who I, I'm still playing with today. Yep. Uh, we started in January last year. I knew him a little bit on the tour, but I didn't know him that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from the Netherlands, um, and obviously it's just the dynamic of does it click? Uh, so we started playing together, and we actually won our first two tournaments together, which is unheard of. Yeah. Um, so obviously, the relationship together started great. Yeah. Uh, and we just kind of kept it kept rolling. We won uh seven tournaments in 2022 which was an amazing year for us. Yep, finals uh, at the US Open? Yeah, finals yeah. at the US Open. So like sometimes it clicks straight away, sometimes it doesn't. Um when it doesn't click, it can be quite it can get quite ugly sometimes. It's hmm. like a, a like a relationship. Yeah. It can be quite bad breakups. Sure. Um <laughs> like you'll hear some st- like some stories of people like they they wouldn't they wouldn't tell people face to face. Like, oh, I don't want to play with you anymore. Mm. It'd be like just like a little text message. Ghost them. Or like an, an Instagram <laughs> message like, oh, I don't want to play with you anymore. Um, which is quite childish, really. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather just say it's not working out. Sure. I mean, I've, say with Wesley off now, if I split up with them, we did so well together, uh, and it's just not working out. Yeah. We just sit down, have a dinner, and just... I'm sure he'd be fine with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he'd be fine with it, but <laughs> sure. if if that was the case al- along the road. BM. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. you've you've been you've had so many good memories together. Yeah. You want to be friends after you finish playing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a bit of... It can be quite uh, tricky when you do split up with your partner. For sure. Um, but these things happen.
0: Yeah, well, that's where a brother comes in handy, I'm sure, for more than one reason. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that, that's what I was interesting about it to me is the the complex nature of that because it's not just a friend like mm-hmm. you, you can have a friendship right and friendships can go wherever but it's a fr- maybe a friendship there's a professional relationship there's a competitive relationship it's just a lot of complex factor uh, factors that go into it so mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what intrigued me let's go back to to college tennis I was listening to you and your brother I think did a podcast like during COVID and y'all were talking to, to this guy about college tennis and both of you said along the lines of is the best decision we ever made mm. why was the college tennis route for you the right thing in your career and i think maybe you even talked about it on this podcast about like unless you're a freak of nature like federer or nadal like you should mm-hmm. go to college what, what makes you feel that strongly about college tennis and then maybe specifically your experience at lsu
1: yeah so i've always i've always believed like if at 18 you're so young to go on the tour unless you are someone like these days the world number one is like carlos alcaraz mm-hmm. he's he had an unbelievable start to his career um he was like you said a freak of nature he's he's already won the us open he's set um he's got a lot of sponsors behind him he's got a lot of money yeah he's got a team around him that looking after him but for someone that's just an average 18 year old you're very you're normally you're quite immature normally mm-hmm. um and you haven't seen the world um so me myself to leave Liverpool England to come to Baton Rouge was a, a big change mm-hmm. in all different <laughs> in all different ways <laughs> we'll explore um, that in a second <laughs> yeah but it was more like for, the biggest thing for me was it was the amount of matches that I would play in college yeah compared to if I went pro um, playing week in week out you're probably playing three or four matches guaranteed yeah playing two singles two doubles matches um, getting so much experience from that, playing, hitting a lot of balls in the in the week in training. If I went onto the tour, I could play maybe one match a week. So you keep losing, and then you have to wait another week until you play again. Yep. You lose confidence, um, and it's a lo- it is lonely and expensive to travel the world by yourself. Yeah, you almost and have
0: like no foundation of support yeah, underneath you, really.
1: At, especially at eighteen years old. Yeah. Um, so then. For me to do four years at LSU, I came out of college a lot more mature, stronger, um, more experienced, um, and I was ready to go to the pros. I was fresh, I was mentally ready. Whereas these 18-year-olds that have gone pro, they've done four years of grinding, hmm. and they could be mentally a bit down. Yeah, They could have struggled, and they're like, I'm not really liking tennis anymore. Yeah, um, And then I was ready to go, and I think that's what kind of helped me um, to kind of push push up the rankings very quickly. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably the main reason that I wanted to go to college just to get the experience, um, get a lot of matches under my belt and yeah, not kind of thrush my way straight onto the tour because your career is quite long, yeah. like especially doubles. Like you got people playing up to like they're 40 now um, to a very good level, um, traveling the world. So for me to, if I started at 18 and then playing on the tour till I'm 40, it, yeah. it is a long stint. Yeah, I remember I didn't watch as much of the Australian Open this year as I
0: wanted to, but the American tennis players had a really good singles run this year, and I remember seeing a stat that maybe, I don't know, there were the most Americans in the top 50 Mm -hmm. in two decades, and a bunch of them had gone to college. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't the route for a Pete Sampras or an Andre Agassi or whatever, but now it seems to be a more popular route, certainly for Americans, but – Um, for you as well Um, so let's go back to that college experience coming from Liverpool to Baton Rouge what was like the big culture shock Um, what were the similarities but what were the differences and how did you sort of assimilate and how did that help you develop
1: yeah I mean it it was very difficult not difficult but um, at first it was massive contrast um especially the food yeah compared to england (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) spicier here than i can imagine i can imagine Uh, but i actually quite liked it yeah Uh, the crawfish the jambalaya um yeah and it's it's obviously the weather was a big change yeah um the humidity over here Mm -hmm. the heat um definitely not used (laughs) to it i'm still struggling now yeah um but yeah it, it is it is it is similar in ways like the music over here, the Beatles in Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, and then you got massive, like you got the New Orleans Saints in, in um, New Orleans, and yep. obviously the LSU Tigers here in Baton Rouge, and you got Liverpool Football Club where I'm from in yep. Liverpool and Everton, but we won't talk about them. So so, so you are a Liverpool fan? Uh, massive Liverpool okay. fan, yeah. Because you
0: mentioned Aston Villa with your dad, so. Yeah,
1: no, I'm a massive Liverpool okay. fan. I'll, I get up at all hours to watch him, even okay. if I'm in like Australia, sure. 3 a.m. I'll watch them. They're okay. not doing as well this year, but yeah. uh, we won't talk about that either.
0: Well, you're speaking <laughs> to an Arsenal fan, so I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're having a decent run. It's, been, it's
0: been good. It's been good. Led uh, by a former uh, Everton Players or managers? Yeah, yeah.
1: He's uh, he's doing well for himself. He, is, he um, is. Sorry,
0: I didn't mean to get us off track, but no, Har- no. as Harrison and anyone that listens knows, I'm always down to talk soccer. But okay, yeah, you were. Yeah, I interrupted you. Um, but you were talking about just the growing up a Liverpool fan, and then maybe the some yeah, of the similarities I mean, here.
1: I I mean, I knew a little bit about American football and college yeah. um, football, but when I came over here, it was insane how different I thought it was. Yeah, like I walked into. Um, Tiger Stadium for the first time. I mean, it's bigger than the professional yeah, um, it's massive. football stadiums in England. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think at the what time was Anfield's seat. Uh, you put me on the spot now. I think it's like fifty-six thousand. Yeah, it says double it, that it almost. It's it's only just increased. Yeah, they're working on it to make it like sixty-three. Yeah. Um, but like when I first arrived, I think it was like ninety something. Yeah. But it's now a hundred and three. Mm-hmm. Is it? One
0: hundred and two. Yeah. yeah. One hundred and two. Um, I should know this. 625 maybe (laughs) 325
1: 102 Uh, 325 yeah so it's it was incredible just to experience the like the game days and like the tailgate and you don't really you don't have that in uk yeah um my first experience of that was quite crazy really enjoyable especially when there's a saturday night game sure um people are like if you play alabama or like a florida yeah uh people are like setting up on like the the friday yeah i'm like what's going on here yeah um, and you, you came over you're
0: i think you're a year younger than me so you must have been here for the did you miss the 07 championship season
1: uh yes okay so you came in 08? 08 oh okay. yeah yeah i gotcha yeah but uh um, but it's still it's still a good time to be here great time yeah, yeah. obviously they just won it the year before Yep. um and i think uh who was into the time uh Les Miles was yeah. Les, Miles Les was the head coach then. Les Miles was here yeah. There were some
0: wild games for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, is
1: the the Mad Hatter, is it, is it the, <laughs> the, <one? laughs> the Mad Hatter, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, and then obviously the obviously the Tyron Matthew was here at yep. the time and Yeah. Obviously there's a few more Yeah, the 2011
0: season was was pretty
1: epic. You would have been here for that. So yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, unbelievable experience to kind of tailgate and then go to the go to the stadium, see the pre-match, then the halftime shows. Yeah. Um that was it's I mean it's I would Tell anybody from around the world just to come, yeah. Try a st- one night, Saturday night at Tiger Stadium. Yeah, it'll be unforgettable. There's nothing like uh, it. There's nothing like it unless you go to to Anfield. <laughs> uh, it, it is a little that's bit That's on different. the bucket list for me. That's on the yeah. bucket list. What, but it? it's more like a, a party atmosphere. Yeah. When you come here compared to like a in in the UK, uh, you normally just you go to the football in the UK, you go to the match and that's it. Yeah. Uh, you might go to the pub afterwards. Yeah. Um, but here it's it's like a, a long process. Wake up, get to the tailgate, yep. start drinking. If you do that, uh, a bit of jambalaya and taste all the food. Yep. But you you just walk around and everyone's partying and everyone's so welcoming. You you just walk past. You won't know the people and they're like, oh, do you want a beer? Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's that's when I was in my senior year. When was When I was twenty-one. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it. Was great fun, and uh, I wish I could. Uh, obviously go back in time and do it all again, but yeah. that's not gonna happen, so I, I try and come back as much as possible, and um, when I am in town, I'll, I'll go to a game. So leaving LSU, you've got
0: this this network of support, right? You've got facilities, you've got mm-hmm. weight training, um, you've got, I don't know, cafeteria, you know nutrition sort of taken care of, then you embark on the professional career. I, th- I think maybe you had an injury at the end of your senior year, maybe yeah. there was a gap there, so tell me about that transition from college to the pros the adversity you faced, but how sort of the experiences you had at LSU set you up to to get to where you are now.
1: Yeah, so I mean, in the NCAA championships in Georgia, I rolled my ankle pretty bad against Steve Johnson, um, who went on to have a, an amazing career, not just in college, uh, but also on the pros. I was out for a long time. I actually came back to finish off my degree, so I did four and a half years, but mm-hmm. um, but it took a long time to get over the my ankle injury. Yep. Um, we call that a victory lap, by the way, oh, that, okay. <laughs> that last semester. Yeah, so I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't play too much tennis that at the, in the fall of uh, 2012. So I started pros in the 2013 in January. Um, but, yeah, it, college definitely set me up for the pros. I mean, it, you go through all different adver- um, adversities, um, injuries, setbacks, um the team not doing well, you not doing well, um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things you have to be prepared to, for all situations, um, and that's what kind of the four years helped me do. Yep. Um, I had some great wins, I had some terrible losses, um, but at the end of the day, there's always another match, so you can try and get over it as quick as mm-hmm. possible, um, and that's what we do in tennis. We we try and forget the last point we played. I think golfers do the same if you hit a bad shot you forget about it straight away yeah Um, you don't want to dwell on it too much um, because it's never going to help you Um, so you try and forget about it as soon as possible it is difficult but you got to work on it um, on the mental side not just the physical side Um, but yeah college was was great for me not just mentally but getting that i hadn't been in the gym that often yeah before before getting to LSU, yeah, I wasn't ready for the the four thirty gym calls. Um, <laughs> Joe worked out in Tiger Stadium, right there, yeah, yeah the North uh, Stadium. Yeah, we did the snakes up and down the stadium. Uh huh. we were doing ramps. Yeah. Um, they weren't. <laughs> You're probably were, regretting your decision to come to LSU during. <laughs> they some weren't. Place. They weren't pretty. Um, but then, but you grow as a person. Yeah. Um, coming in as as a freshman, I was one of the the smaller ones on the team, and I was looking up to the, the seniors. Yeah. Um, but then it obviously. The seniors leave and then someone's got to step up to the mark and i think that i did that pretty well um, and guys would obviously they'd like to go out like to go party but sure. um i was trying to be the one of the guys that set an example didn't go out as much as because i wanted success for the team Yeah. Um, and try <clears> and set a good example and hopefully i had um a good well make sure they they didn't go out as much as they wanted to, and that would benefit the team. Um, but, yeah, I tried and do that, and now I try and do that on the tennis court with my partner. Yep. I try and, well, not make him not go out, <laughs> but um, try and be a good leader on the court yeah. and try and be the best doubles partner I can be Yeah, um, because it's difficult enough playing on the biggest stages and playing against uh, the top guys in the world. Um, and if I go on the court and he sees me, being in a mood or being a bit stroppy, it's not going to help the team. Yeah. So if I if I go out there, be the best doubles partner I can be to him, help him out as much as possible, if he's struggling, then it's only going to benefit the team. Um, so I definitely learned a lot from college and it's definitely helped me out in the pros.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how you develop personally, but then as a teammate as well. And that's mm. something that still carries you through to today. So you had a, a career year last year. How many titles was it? Uh, seven titles last year. Seven titles year. last year. Um finalist at uh, US Open mm-hmm. you had previously won what mixed doubles at Wimbledon in 21 and 22 uh, yes okay yeah. so before we get into sort of the year of success you've had and maybe what's ahead what was it like to win Wimbledon I mean that's gotta be as a kid growing up in England <laughs> yeah. I grew up on a street called Wimbledon like I, we grew up oh, yeah. yeah in, in Baton Rouge um, that was like the thing for us every summer it was like watch Wimbledon uh, Pete Sampras guy growing up but then mm-hmm. you know Federer obviously I gotta imagine like on the bucket list of sports items not only going to win, to Wimbledon but winning it has got to be I mean an indescribable feeling
1: yeah I mean it was an unbelievable thing for the when I won it for the first time um I was so nervous going to center court I'd never played on center court before yeah just to, to step onto center court was amazing um but to lift the trophy in the end was something that you can only dream of yeah um the first year it was just the first year after COVID so yep. I didn't really have too many people with me. Like my family was back home mm. um, because there was a limit limitation on, because we had to be in a bubble. We had to be in a hotel. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't leave the hotel unless we were going to the tennis. Um, so I, I only had basically my coach there and that was it. Um, and then it was so nice the year after in 2022 to have the- Real experience. The real experience. The whole experience. Um, have the whole crowd there and also the full box, like my whole family was there, yeah. which was an incredible feeling, um, just to see their faces when I turned to them and I'd won on Match Point. Um, they were going <laughs> crazy, which we, unbelievable. Yeah, I'll never forget that experience, um, but to hold that trophy at something like Wimbledon was quite remarkable. Growing up, watching it on TV, just thinking, maybe one day I could play there, but never really thinking that. Yeah. And then to kind of get the get the chance to lift that trophy, um, not just once, but twice. Now it's it's been amazing. And hopefully I can I can do it again um, on the men's doubles time. Yeah, But it's not easy. It's not easy to win a grand slam. No. Um, everyone <laughs> is wanting to, the same thing as you, they want to lift that trophy as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a 64 draw, so you have to win six matches. Um, but this year it's going to be a little bit different than the men's side because uh, the best of five is now gone. Okay. Change it to best of three. Okay. Um, so um, matches are going to be shorter. Um, matches aren't going to go as long. People were, were going to be fresher. Mm. Um, so yeah, you, you can't have any lapses in concentration. You got to be ready from ball one. Um, you can't kind of work your way into the match anymore. Um, if you like, this year we were we lost to an Australian team who actually went on to win it. Um, they won the first two sets. If that happens this year, we've lost. Done. Um, but we got it back to two sets all we had the chances to win in five sets um but yeah it's always nice to kind of play five sets five set matches but that's gone now um we won't won't be able to experience that um because that was the only tournament that we got to play five sets um but now it's three sets so looking forward to doing that and obviously hopefully trying to uh, go for a uh, a three is it a three-peat 3 yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah three-peat um
0: All right, I got a couple more questions, and we'll wrap up. the The first one I want to ask is more kind of an advice-oriented question. And just pretend for a second, um, use your imagination—you'll have to use it (laughs) vividly here—that I'm like a a a star tennis player at LSU. Okay, and I want to I want to go down the same path that you have. And you know, I'm a senior, and I'm All-American, whatever. And I want to win Wimbledon. I want to you know win grand slams and and play professionally what's the advice that you're giving me what's been the key for you maybe two or three pillars that you've leaned on mental pillars physical training whatever's sort of been your formula if you could pass it on to a young aspiring player what would you tell them what advice would you give them
1: uh i think firstly surround yourself with people that you know want you to win Hmm. you don't want to get you don't want to be around negative energies are so like too often because yeah. um, it, it just it just brings you down yep. you want to be around people that are positive around your game um, believe in you um, someone that you can talk to if you're feeling like feeling down or mm. uh, negative someone you can trust and go speak to them honestly um, that will be the first thing I think in practice use every day like it's your last train as hard as you can um, and then just just communicate with your coach or whoever you're playing with. If it's not, if you're not feeling it that day, just tell them. Don't go in a strop or say, "Oh, um, don't just let the, the quality of the tennis go down." Just tell the coach, "I'm not feeling too great today." So then they know you're not stropping. It's just because you're feeling tired. Yep. Um, so the communication is a massive uh, side of that. A quick um, pause.
0: Would you define strop for Harrison? Because he looked at me like he doesn't know what that word means.
1: Strop? Yeah. Uh, like a mood. Um, <laughs> feel down on yourself. There you go. Um, is that like an English word, is it? Yeah, I strop. think so. Oh, sorry. I don't, that's not that's one not, that's I'll, I'll translate. Worse. I mean, I knew uh, it. Yeah. I didn't know it. I was just
0: putting Harrison on the spot there.
1: Uh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I would say communication. Um, make sure you train as hard as you can. Yeah. Um, and don't get too down on yourself because when you're playing tournaments – there's only one person at the end of the week that wins. Um, it's very difficult to win mm. tournaments, um, but it's a process. The career is a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: These days, people are making the top 100 in singles. They're like 27, 28 when yeah. they're making breakthroughs. It's getting later and later because the science and the body, people are playing longer. Yep. So the development takes a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't don't get down on yourself. Um, yeah, and just get a good group of people around you and make sure you believe in yourself that's that's the biggest thing because th- for me belief was a massive key component on getting to the next level um, I didn't think about I didn't believe that like, I was going to be number one in the world when I started playing tennis especially coming out of college mm. I thought I could get to top, top 100 top 50 and I'd have a, a great career mm. I would be happy with that and then Keep changing your goals. I mean, if you don't change your goals, then you're only gonna stay still. Yeah. Um, like last year, our goal was to be the be the top eight team in the world at the end of the year. We knew halfway through the year that that was gonna happen, so we changed our goals to be number one in the world. Hmm. And if you don't if you don't get to number one, then number two is not bad. Yeah. So keep keep advancing, keep changing your goals, and um, especially believe in yourself.
0: Okay, two more for you. When you actually achieve the number one world ranking, like what does that feel like? Like, what do you remember? Like when you've, I mean, you probably know. Like it's a points calculation thing, so you kind of knew. Like if we get this result, we'll get there. Mm. Like, what's the feeling? Maybe when the first time you see it in print, or you see, or you hear it, like put in front of your name, number one doubles player Neil Skupsky. Like, what, what was sort of the feeling and emotions you felt in those moments?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't really believe it myself, Um, (laughs) but it's the monday when the rankings came out to look at the rankings and see your name at the top instead of scrolling down to the to see where you are in the rankings it's a nice feeling yeah um that won't i won't um that won't get old yeah actually my brother he he actually looked at the rankings on that monday and he started laughing he told me yeah which is obviously not nice (laughs) but (laughs) he's like i can't believe you're number one in the world it's crazy um it is crazy um but now the things don't stop. I mean, obviously things have changed now. We're we're in February, and we I've dropped down to number two. So there's work to do. We've yep. got, I want to get back to number one. Um, I got tournaments coming up that I can I can gain points because in in tennis your your ranking lasts for 12 months. So whatever I did in uh, I'm playing Acapulco next week. Yep. Whatever I did in that week last year. I lost in the the second round so i have the second round to defend Hmm. if i lose first round i lose them points yep if i do better than second round i gain points so basically um next week i can gain points because the number one in the world's not playing um i can get back to the world number one so that's my goal but um it's a a 12 12 month cycle um we want to finish number one in the world again as a team Hmm. um we are i think seven or eight at the moment in the current rankings but it's a long, it's a long, it's a long stretch. Uh, it's a long season. We probably play about 25 to 28 tournaments in a year. Uh, we've probably played four or five, so we're not stressing too much. Uh, we've had a decent start. Yep. Not an amazing, but uh, there's room for improvement. Um, but we're excited to start the kind of the American swing in a couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, get our season really going.
0: Okay, so let's talk through that. What's what's ahead for you? I know you're in town for a couple of days. I think you said you leave Saturday. Yeah. Um, one, just how nice is it to get back to Baton Rouge and see some people, and mm-hmm. you know, see Danny and see the tennis program, see the facilities. But then, what's sort of ahead for you in the weeks to come?
1: Yeah, it's, it's always nice. I mean, Danny's been a good friend ever since I left college. Um, he's always welcoming me to come back to the this, um, the complex as much as possible, um, see the new guys. He's kind of um put his mark on the team now it's it's nice to see he's brought mm-hmm. in some great guys uh, they're a talented team always willing to learn which is always nice um and they they work hard which is great um but yeah i'll i i see them for a couple of days and then i'm off to acapulco mexico on on saturday um i'll meet up at wesley he's flying in today uh in mexico um and then i've got a big tournament. Masters 1000, Indian Wells, probably okay. one of the yep. the biggest tournaments outside of the Grand Slams. And then I move on to Miami after that. So I've got a, f- a few tournaments over here, and then I'll, I'll move back back to Europe um, for where the, the clay court swing starts, yep. um, moving towards the French Open. Um, so there's a lot of points to be had in the next few weeks. Hopefully we can play well. Um, and yeah, hopefully put a few points on the board and put us up the rankings again.
0: And I assume the goals are pretty obvious, get back to number one win that Grand Slam, is that sort of what you're looking at for, for this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, it completely changed to last year. Last yeah. year, obviously, was to do as well as possible and try and get into the top eight. Now it's now we've been to number one in the world, we want, it, we want that back again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking forward to try and get back to number one in November, um, but it's a long stretch, um, and hopefully to get to that situation, we've won a few good tournaments along the way, um, and... Like you said, one of the Grand Slams would be nice. Um, I really don't care which one it is. I mean, people say, "Oh, which one would you really like, want to win?" Know. I'll take any. Um, <laughs> You're not ob- picky. N- not at all. Uh, w- but obviously, my favorite is Wimbledon, so yeah. that would be very special. But I'm not, I'm not picky at all. I'll take any. Um, Wesley, will take any as well because yep. we've had, He's he's lost a couple times in the US Open final. Now. Mm. Um, I lost once, so. We've had experiences in the finals. Hopefully, we can get over that mark. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but if we just keep doing things in practice, keep working, and keep developing, I think um, one day it will come.
0: All right, last one for you. and This is like very vague, so if you need to take your time to think about an answer, give give me give me a story like one of the pinch me stories. Like when you're on the tour, you win a tournament, maybe meeting somebody, hanging out with someone famous. I don't know. Like mm. give me the the pinch me moment where you're sort of like, I can't believe I'm in this spot right now. Is it winning Wimbledon? Is it playing with somebody, playing against somebody? Mm-hmm. What was sort of the, um, that moment where you're like, man, I can't believe this is, besides being ranked number one, I can't believe yeah. this is me, I, I this is my life right now.
1: There's there's a few. I mean, the most special ones probably winning tournaments with my brother, mm. traveling the world with him, winning Acapulco with him two years ago. That was special. Yeah. That was his biggest ever event he'd won. Um, and to be the, on the same side of him, that was special. Yeah, um, Winning Wimbledon was another one. Um, I'll never forget that. And then the other one was probably when I was playing for my country, uh, Great Britain against Spain in the Davis Cup. Hmm. Uh, we played Spain in Madrid in front of 15,000 people wow. against the deciding match. It was me and Jamie Murray versus Feliciana Lopez and Rafael Nadal. <laughs> So,
0: pretty good duo. Yeah,
1: so there was so there's was 15,000 people there. There was 14,000 Spanish people cheering for them <laughs> and I think probably about 500 GB fans. <laughs> um but I mean this I I can't imagine being a a footballer here. Yeah. With 103,000 people. I mean <laughs> being in the middle of that field, but like here I thought this was the most Noise I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah. Um, when I'm like waiting to serve and all the Spanish people are singing, it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget that moment. Um, unfortunately, we didn't win that match. We lost 7 6 7 6 to Nadal, who oh, he, he was inspired that day. Yeah. Um, but like. He's decent. I mean, he's yeah, a he's, he, player. He's not, he's not bad. Um, <laughs> but just just to see it, the, the fans and the energy towards him and the team was incredible. And unfortunately, it didn't. Ha- it didn't work for us that day, but it was something I'll never forget.
0: Well, Neil, uh, you've given me a lot of your time, so I'm very grateful for that, and uh, appreciative that you were able to come over here and, and talk with us for a little bit. I know you've got a lot of work to do. You want to get back to number one, so we yeah. won't uh, we won't keep you anymore. But thank you so much. All right, thanks, Cody. Thanks for having me. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Tigers Win.